I'm ready. Let's do it. Welcome, one and all, to episode 251 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor. And we are back this week with another really cool interview. This is with Chris Sullivan of the band Wolftooth, who will be releasing their third album, Iron and Blood, next Friday, December 3rd. If you're listening to this, <laughs> the day of or around the time when the episode has been released, it will be Friday the 3rd. And go ahead and do yourself a favor. If you check the album out the day that it drops, go over to Bandcamp and pick it up. It is Bandcamp Friday, which means that the bands get the most amount of money provided to them out of any platform. I ask Chris this question, but I just want to mention that right up front. Because I do think it's important. I am going to pick this up on Bandcamp Friday. It is the last Bandcamp Friday of the year. They were doing it for the first Friday of every month. And I think it's such an awesome thing to do. And obviously, it it brings people over to uh, to what Bandcamp does. And if you've never purchased anything on Bandcamp, okay, so it's not Amazon doesn't get there overnight. But what it does do is again, it puts more money in the artist's wallet. And also, you get free MP3 versions, which you can download. You could stream it off of their site. And if you pick up the vinyl, let's say, they send you that as well. So it's a win-win-win. It's, it's a great setup. And it's something that recently I've been purchasing several vinyls from different bands as a result. So I will actually be picking that up in Manimal's uh, Armageddon, which comes out on the 3rd as well. So if you haven't checked my interview out with Samuel Nyman, I did that earlier this year. It was a really cool interview. Got a lot of great feedback for it. But uh, anyway, with regards to Wolf Tooth. The interview with Chris will start up at around the 11 minute mark. I'm going to just uh, pimp all my stuff now. <laughs> and then at the five minute mark, we do have Jeremy Weltman's uh, patrons pick where he selects his album of the week or his pick out of everything that I list on the new releases, which, for example, was posted today. Today was a huge day for uh reissues record store day around the world there's some stuff that i listed that is available in the states other stuff that is not available it just depends which part of the world you're in uh, also i released episode three of the mars attacks radio show that's up on spotify and anchor if you subscribe to spotify you get the full songs if you don't you get 30 second sound clips uh, we have trivia tuesday which happens on Twitch. Another week where it came down to the last a question. Metal Dan was in the lead. Question number 10 has done him in on three occasions, I believe. Brad Dahl of Yarg Metal pulled out with the victory. 
That happens every Tuesday, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. in the UK, 11 p.m. for those of you that are in Europe, and that's exclusively on Twitch. You also have the Fireside pre-show, which happens exclusively on Fireside, but you can also participate via YouTube and Twitch as well. And that's same time as the Tuesday show, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. in the UK, and 11 p.m. for those in Europe. And and uh, then you have the Signals from Mars live stream, which takes place an hour later. Just go to MarsAttacksRadio.com to find out all the great places where you can watch that and listen to it, subscribe, so on and so forth. Shout out to my patrons, Johan, Rob Rowe, Metal Dan, Jerry from Long Island, Jose in Connecticut, Chris Vaglio from the Chris and Amanda Show, the Metal Dentist, Gabriel Ruiz, Mark Striegel from Talking Metal, Brad Dahl, Mike Jones, Jeremy Weltman, who's coming up next, and Steve. Poker. Thank you guys for all of your support. I sincerely appreciate it. Join us on Patreon for as little as $2 a month. Here's Jeremy Weltman with Patreon's Club. Hello, everyone, and it's time for another Patreon's Pick with me, Jeremy Weltman. And this week I have been accosted by Victor's Heavies. I've been taken to a darkened room, and why, you may ask, has he been so heavy-handed with me? And the reason is because last week I chose a blues album. He said he didn't mind, but I know there was probably a little bit of begrudgingness to it, because this is a rock and metal podcast, and of course I love my rock and metal just like you do. So this week I was in the room, and he passed me 28 new albums. Three EPs, six reissues, three live albums, and two compilations. And of the reissues, by the way, there was the Kiss Destroyer Super Deluxe Edition. And Victor himself has a lot to say about that in his patrons-only podcast on Patreon. So if you want to hear what he's got to say, I've had a listen. You only have to pay two bucks a month. That's $2 to you and me. It's only worth about two quid. It's about two euros too. And um, it's very much worth you subscribing. So this week's patrons pick, there were several albums which I really quite enjoyed this week. There was the new Exodus album, Persona Non Grata. There was Motorheart from The Darkness. It wasn't all brilliant, but there were some good songs on it. I liked Swallow the Sun with Moonflowers. It was quite an atmospheric album. I liked the I Flies. Actually, that was an EP rather than uh, an album. Uh, Exigent Circumstance. Uh, there was a good riff there on a song called Circular Motion. Uh, there was some good songs on the Volumes album Happier with a question mark. There was um, Atom Driver with Is Anything Alright? That was quite a punky, uh, punky album. Quite enjoyed that one. Then there was a choice for patrons' pick between two albums this week. There was the Nazareth singer Carl Sentence with Electric Eye. Now, if you've got the audacity to call your album Electric Eye and make the first track Judas, then surely it has to be a good album. Of course, it doesn't sound anything like Judas Priest. It's a very melodic album. It was very good, and we've liked um, one or two of the songs that have been put up in Patreon by Victor. Um, so that one was nearly patron's pick. 
The One of the reasons I didn't pick it for patrons' pick was because the vinyl, which is only a single black, black vinyl, was very overpriced. I'm sorry, but this is a complaint that we're going to get now. Obviously, inflation is, is kicking off. The uh, cost of materials is going up. And some of the albums are getting very expensive. And I just feel that for some of them, they should really try and keep the cost down to for the customers. Um, but the music is good. I also didn't pick it for patrons' pick simply because I suddenly went um, in favour of the album by Newt Liv. I think that's how you pronounce it. I know the Newt is is how you pronounce it, and I think it's called Newt Liv. It's a it's a Danish band. The album is called Den Doda Sol. Again, I hope uh, I'm not embarrassing myself by um, pronouncing that. They're a Danish hardcore alt indie punk band. The vinyl looks absolutely amazing. It's on black and orange spatter. Really good. Uh, really like the look of that. There was a, a couple of really good songs on that I liked. Called One was called Flight. Uh, another one called Imorket. Um, it's sort of a, a punkier, shoutier version of the Bronx. Really quite like this album. I wanted to play it again. And that's why I picked it this week. Patrons pick this week is Newt Live with Denduda Sol. When you think you've got all the answers, Jeremy goes and changes all the questions yet again. Awesome. No, I did not begrudgingly say it was okay. I respect that you like a blues album. Not something that I would pick up, but hey, it's your segment, so I'm not going to poo-poo it. I mean, if there's something egregious that comes up that I totally disagree with, that's a different situation, but... Jeremy, thank you once again for providing us with an awesome pick. Definitely something that I will check out. If it's good for you, it's usually good for me. So <laughs> there you go. Anyway, I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode. If you were in the chat when this episode was taking place, it was an awesome week to be in there. It was a lot of fun. They paired up uh, their fans with. Uh, my stream or their stream with my stream. We crossed streams like Ghostbusters and we brought a lot more people in. So we'll see if you're listening to this for the first time. Thank you for spending the time and listening to this episode. I appreciate your time and your patience. And I hope you enjoy. I will leave you now with the interview with Chris Sullivan. See you next time right here. Welcome, one and all, to the November 19th edition of the Signals from Mars live stream. I'm your host, Victor, and joining me is Mr. Chris Sullivan from the band Wolftooth. How are you, sir? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? I am doing well. I would imagine that if I would have all of the firepower that you have behind you uh, with those <laughs> orange amps, I would be doing extremely well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're pretty nice. I, we love orange cabinets, that's for sure. 
Yeah. Well, I'm sure that adds to the, you know, the signature sound that you guys are looking for within the band. Um, do you guys shy away from your influences at all when you talk about writing music or what goes into the music that you guys write? Not really, not at all. Um, <clears throat> Orange is definitely a big part of, of the way we sound. Uh, from from the beginning, almost every show that we've played, we've we've had a lot of compliments on our sound. It's very crisp and clean and um the tone is the tone's really good live um we've we just played a show a few a few weeks ago and once again got compliments on man you guys your tone is so great and it's not muddy and um right we can hear everything you're playing and it's really clear and so yeah we get we get a lot of compliments on our on our tone almost almost every time we play cool and even in in the videos you're playing an SG and then there's uh with a broken sword you're playing a BC Rich Mockingbird which yeah. looks absolutely cool the finish is absolutely amazing um how long have you been playing that mockingbird uh actually i just got that last year um and i really i really like it i like the body style of the mockingbird the only right. th the only downfall that I would have to it over the the ESP Vipers that I play, which looks like the SG, right. um, okay. is it's it's pretty heavy. Um, playing okay. it live, you can and you know, you can probably only play four or five songs with it, and then you're ready to switch out because it it I don't <laughs> know how much heavier it is actually than the than the Viper, but it it seems to be quite a bit heavier. But I love the way it sounds. I love the way it plays and. Uh, it's um, it's definitely a cool looking guitar, is for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a dope. I I've know the Viper fairly well. I don't I don't understand why I didn't pick that up from watching the video. I could have swore it was uh, it was an SG. So my bad on that. <laughs> no, no, it's all right. It's yeah, it's definitely a Viper. I've um, I don't know. Oh, you probably can't see it, but I've got one hanging on the wall behind me, and I've had that one for about. Oh man. Um, <clears throat> I don't even know how long I've had that. It's probably been 12 to 15 years. And um, I just fell in love with the Vipers. That's mainly what I play. But I thought the, I thought the, um, I thought the Mockingbird would fit well with, with that song, Broken Sword. Cool. Absolutely. Um, with the press information that was sent to me, it talks about how your self-titled release that came out a few years ago was deemed as one of the best doom metal releases for that year. When you see something like that, does that add pressure on you guys to, Hey, you know what? We have to, you know, we have to at least do something as good or try to surpass it. Or do you guys just see that, hey, you know what, great compliment, but whatever we come up with, it's what we come up with? Um, it doesn't really add a lot of pressure. We we add enough pressure on ourselves without anybody adding any more. But everything we write, we try to outdo the previous. Um, the The first album was kind of a surprise because, you know, we were just four older guys basically getting together just to have fun and maybe play out 
once a month or maybe once every two or three months. Not really right. looking to um, not really looking to set the world on fire or anything like that. But mm-hmm. we just so happened when we when we released our EP, people liked it, and um, we got put in the doom genre. The doom genre. And honestly, I was kind of surprised because I I never really thought of us as a doom band. I always I kind of just when we were writing that album, I just thought it was heavy metal, um, hard rock, heavy metal. And but we we were really glad to be put in that genre because they accepted us really really well and treated us really good. And um, but yeah, it's uh, not so not so much um, pressure from that just we like to outdo ourselves on, on everything that we do. So we, we just put our own pressure on ourselves mainly. Right. Okay. And that's interesting that you bring that up, that it kind of caught you guys off guard with that, you know, being placed kind of in, in the doom side of things, because one of the things you said initially was how with the orange amps, you guys like a clean sound where there are bands that definitely use those amps and, go the other way. They want more of a sludgy sound, more of a, you know, uh, something that sounds a lot more like early Sabbath, uh, hotter than hell kiss type of a sound where it really isn't as clean as what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, We never really tried to go with a sludge type sound. Um, We were more looking for just a classic metal tone. Um, Right. You know, and who who's to say what that is really? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, too much too much distortion can can lose it, and not enough can lose it. You know, and everybody wants to scoop their mids and things like that. And we love our mids, so um, you know, it's we work on our sound, and we've we've messed with a couple different amps, and Orange was just the one that really really made our made our sound um who who knows where we'll go from here i mean we are endorsed by orange amp now so that helps a lot and but as far as the music goes i think orange will fit us no matter what we what we play right okay yeah because when i listen to uh to blood and iron to me, it sounds a lot closer to like a new wave of British heavy metal influence. Like you're saying, like a classic 80s heavy metal sound, like could be Maiden, could be Angel Witch, could be, you know, something that you would want to fit into that more so than just straight up doom. I, I sound, I hear more of that sound than say Trouble, for example. Yeah. Um, the new album, we definitely, um, not consciously tried to go in a different direction, but we just basically played off of our influences and we wrote what we wanted to write on this album, whether it be, whether it be good or bad or accepted by the public or not. I mean, first and foremost, the things we, we always write, we try to, we try to please ourselves before we please anybody. And, you know, the funny thing is I, I did an interview the other day and, the the guy interviewing me said that he has a lot of bands that that said that they don't listen to their own music and to to me it's like why are you doing it if you're not if you don't want to listen to your own music why are you making that music because to me i mean 
especially our new album blood and iron i listen to it almost every day and since since we've recorded it and sometimes it's to critique what we've done and and maybe see what we could do better next time Mm -hmm. but honestly it's just because i like the music i like what we wrote i like to hear that to start when i when we started this band i i wanted to write stuff that i wanted to hear Mm-hmm. And really, there wasn't a lot of bands like like us. I don't think. I mean, we've been compared to to some bands, but as far as all the elements that we add, especially to the to the new album, I mean, you can hear doom, you can hear stoner, you can hear a little bit of thrash, a little bit of um, traditional heavy metal. We hit a lot of different genres in this new album, and I and I think that's that's what we were going for. Um, we wrote this album because it's what we want to hear. We would like to hear more bands like us. I mean, I, I don't know if that's right to say, but we just weren't, I wasn't hearing other bands that put everything together like that. So that's what we did. Okay. Do you feel that your influences influences have changed at all from when you started playing guitar, let's say, to when oh, you yeah. were new album? Yeah. Oh yeah, from when I started playing guitar. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been playing guitar for oh, I don't know, um, going on thirty years. Okay. So they've definitely changed. I mean, my musical um, introduction to heavier music was um, Kiss, you know, of course, and um, Black Sabbath and Thin Lizzy and uh, Uriah Heep and things like that. But in my early teens. I went from like listening to Iron Maiden and Ozzy and, and, you know, Metallica and and Megadeth and things like that, suicidal tendencies. And then I went straight to death metal. (laughs) Once I, once, once I, um, once I figured out who the band death was or, or um, death did it for me. I mean, they were just, that was my crossover band. And I ever, after that, it was just like, every death metal band there was i was just consuming them on a weekly basis and going to shows every every week probably for four or five years and just consuming all the death metal that i possibly could and from there you know i of course i liked corn and some of the bands like that and kind of went into that era a little bit and but yeah, I would say my influence has definitely changed over the years. It's, um, I, you know, people people really um, compare us to the Sword, mm-hmm. and at least for our first two albums, they have. I don't I don't know if they'll be able to do that so much on this new album, but right, I, I can't deny that they that they were and are a big band in that genre in this genre, and to say that they never influenced anything. I can't say that. I mean, I listened to them a lot when when they first came out, right? And but I but I've also listened to a lot of other bands too, and I just think that my influences. Um, I, I take a lot of parts from a lot of different bands uh, as far as influences go. Okay, if you had to go to a specific album to kind of get inspired to write something is there a go-to album for you or are there a few albums that you listen to to kind of get you fired up to start writing new music 
it kind of depends on the mood that I'm in. Like uh, the, the our second album Valhalla, I was listening to a lot of Kiss. Um, yeah, I went back. I went back through their catalog while I was while we were writing that, and just kind of got a little inspiration. Um, did some backs, you know, did some research on their backstory, which a lot of people do know, but you know, I didn't realize how many albums they put out when they first came on the scene. I mean, they were writing nonstop. Mm -hmm. So I kind of went through that and, and, um, got some inspiration from just not so much their music, but just their, uh, their writing and the drive that they had at that time. Right. Okay. And what about with uh, Blood and Iron? Was there anything specific that you were listening to before you started writing this album? To be honest with you, I probably listened to the least amount of music of anyone in the band. Okay. I know that's kind of, people are probably like, what? He doesn't listen to, I, I do listen to music, but it's not, I'm the kind of person that once I, when I get on one band, I kind of stick with them for a while. Okay. And I'll I'll wear them out, <laughs> and then I won't want to listen to it again for like six months or a year. Right. So um, at the time, I I don't really know what I was listening to. Um, it's it's hard saying. I mean, I know, like I said, I I listened to a lot of Kiss when um, when we were writing Valhalla, but when we wrote Blood and Iron, I don't I don't really think that I listened to a lot of music and. And I think that's a good thing because I don't want it to influence. I don't want other bands to influence too much what I write. Okay. So I think that's why I don't listen to a lot of different music. Um, mm -hmm. I just, I, I just don't want it to influence what I write and uh, I want what I write to be me and not, and not something that someone else has maybe done or, or half of what somebody else has, has maybe done, but um, trying to think of what I was listening to at that time. I mean, one of my all-time favorite bands, and you're probably going to think this is funny, is Tears for Fears. Okay. And I just I listened to them a lot, and at that time I was probably listen listening to them a lot. Um, you know, I I listened to High on Fire, and um, as to be honest with you, I don't listen to a lot of Doom a lot of doom music. I really right. don't. It's um, if I do, it's going to be black Sabbath or um, St. Vitus or something like that, or, you, you know, uh, Celtic frost or something like that, that I'll get into. Okay. And when you went into the writing and recording of blood and iron, did you have something in mind that you wanted to accomplish? Was there something that maybe, you like you're saying you listen to your own material to see how you're going to move forward did you listen to valhalla or even the self-titled and say you know what i really want to try this on blood and iron because we haven't done this in the past um yeah a little bit more of the traditional heavy metal i wanted to put a little bit more of that into the music just because i i love it i mean i i love traditional heavy metal i mean Right now, one of the bands I'm listening to a lot of is Eternal Champion, and I just I I just love those guys. I think they're great. Another another band that I'm listening to a lot right now is the new Spirit Drift. I think they're great. Right, Chemist, yep. they just Chemist just had a new album drop today. They're they're great. Um, 
but I, I think the traditional heavy metal was was something that our music was lacking as far mm-hmm. as in the first two albums. And it's actually something that we've we've played in the past in other bands. And it's I mean, Iron Maiden is probably one of my all time favorite bands. And right. I would say that putting that influence in the new album was not necessarily cautious to do it but but we just did it because it just felt right and it you know it fit i think it fit got you uh when you write do you write as a singer first or as a guitarist first i always write as a guitarist first in fact it's funny because most of the band the guys they don't even know what the vocals are going to sound like until i get into the studio (laughs) so this is the third album that we've done like that. And I think it, I think it adds a little bit of mystique to, to the writing. And I think the guys are, I don't know how they feel about it, but I think it's probably um, exciting for them to be able to hear the music for the first time with vocals. Cause when we're writing the music in this, in the rehearsal room where I'm at right now, they don't ever hear vocals with the music. Mm-hmm. So it's not until I actually record them in the studio that they hear him. And I, so I think that would probably be exciting for them. Cause I, I know it's exciting for me to hear, to hear what, what I've come up with. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that it's always, it's always guitar first for me. How far along into the process do you start to write lyrics? Is it right before you guys record or is it quite a bit before that? It's about that time. Um, I, I'll come up with melodies in my in my head and record them and if i like them i'll i'll play the song and then i'll kind of hum it or or sing it a little bit by myself to see if i like the melody i don't worry about being able to play the songs and sing them at all when i record i've done that in the past with other bands and it really it it made my vocals lack so i decided in this band i'm not going to do that if i can't play it and sing it then i just won't play it and sing it but there's not been anything so far that I that I haven't been able to play and sing. So when I go into the studio or write vocals for the songs, I don't even think about playing the guitar. I just sing what I want to sing, and then I'll I'll learn it if I have to. Okay, cool. And we talked about the Broken Sword video a little bit before. You're wearing a, a kilt in the video. Uh, I am. Is that influenced by your last name? It is. Yeah, okay. um, we, we, my family's from the um, county Cork in Ireland, okay. and my mom's fa- my mom's side of the family is from Iceland. They're Nordic. Her last name is Scarborough, and okay. we've got a lot of Viking blood and Irish <laughs> blood. So yeah, it's definitely it's definitely you know, and it's just something that I wanted to do. I mean, to show my heritage, and everybody's like. Oh, well, Zach Wilde wears a kilt. I'm, yeah, I know. Wilde's, you know, that's an Irish name too, or Scottish name. So, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just kind of become my thing, I think. So we'll see Mm -hmm. if it sticks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You guys are from Richmond, Indiana, which I was looking at the map before. And it's interesting because, you know, obviously people are going to think Indianapolis, but you guys aren't that far from from Fort Wayne. You're not that far from Dayton, Ohio. You're not that far from Cincinnati and Columbus. Isn't that far 
that much farther over either. So would you consider all of these places strongholds for the band? Is there one place that's better for you guys than another? Well, our hometown is always the best. Richmond, I mean, it's a small town, but every time we play there, the, the, the place is packed. We always do good merch. We always do good merch sales there. And, Mm -hmm. but no, I mean, we're in, you know, we're in the tri-state area. So we, we are close to a lot of big cities. Right. So it's, it's nice that we can go play Indianapolis and go play Cincinnati and Columbus and Fort Wayne. And I mean, we're only four hours from Chicago. So, you know, it's nice to be able to go up to Chicago or even Detroit and play. So, yeah, we're, and that's what we were talking about today is that we're pretty, we're not centrally located, but we're pretty close to the East coast. I mean, if we, if we wanted to go East coast, we can, we can be there in like 12 hours and, um, right. you know, West coast is further away, of course, but you know, um, Illinois and, and, and Chicago or Illinois and Detroit, Michigan and, um, Kentucky, Tennessee, you know, Pennsylvania, they're all, they're all within driving distance for us. So it's, it's nice to be able to hit these big cities, um, pretty easily. Very cool. So, I mean, it's it's awesome that you do have that type of a following in, in your hometown because there's a lot of people that, you know, they have to go. You know, I've I've interviewed a lot of bands over the years that will say, oh, I'm from so-and-so, but Chicago or Milwaukee is the place where we really took off. So to have your own hometown embrace the band, that that's beyond awesome. They really do. I mean, it's it's amazing we've all been playing music around here for a long time. I mean, a long time. And so a lot of the people that come to our shows have seen us in other bands and, and um, supported us there too, but, but we've never done anything on the level that we're at now. And I think that people, I think people are really excited for us and, and they really want to back us and see us and see us do something with it. Cause I, I mean, we're, we're not very young and, you know, they're, they're probably like, yes, finally somebody in this area has done something with, with their music because Richmond, believe it or not. I mean, it was basically pegged the birth, the birthplace of jazz. Okay. Believe it. Yeah. Believe it or not. And we had, um, Jeanette records was in Richmond, Indiana. And it, there is a, if you look up, if you look up Jeanette records in Richmond, Indiana, there is a list of jazz musicians that have come through this town longer than my arm and right um so yeah it's uh richmond used to be a very very happening music music town okay um interesting question in the chat here uh chris hinden is asking what kind of literary inspiration do you have um well to be honest not a lot of literary because i don't read a lot Okay. But, but I do have a lot. I, I have her, heard of a lot of stories and um, folklore and things like that. And when I do hear about them, I will go read about them. Um, okay. I was forced to read when I was in school. I, I just I hated it. I hate I just didn't right. like school, period. But um, but when I did read, I I read uh, and I had to read. I did enjoy the books that I did read. Mm-hmm. So but. I mean, all of our all of our songs are based mainly on some kind of folklore or legend of some sort. 
uh, we re- we really like to I really like to write about fantasy mm-hmm. because I think I think fantasy gives the listener a way to get out of their own head, out of their own problems, out of their own situation. You know, you have a shitty day at work, go home and uh, right. put on a record that that talks about something that has nothing to do with your life or your work. I think it I think it helps. Um, it definitely takes me away, and hopefully it does the listeners too. And a lot of the other bands that I used to be in, I would write about personal experiences. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I've gone through a lot of different ups and downs in my life, but not not always everyone could could comprehend or was on the same wavelength as me. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, we have Darren Corman asking, it's Chris and or I guess it's is Chris in the rehearsal room in the casket factory? Oh man. No, I am in the rehearsal room in my house. But that's funny that he said that because we used, my dad used to run a casket factory and we used to practice there when I was, I don't know, I I haven't, we haven't played there for, oh heck, I don't know, 10, 15 years. So yeah, it's, um, it's not there. This is actually in my house. Finally got a place in my house to practice. Awesome. Um, what was it like signing with Napalm and what do you feel that they can offer that you didn't have with the first two albums? Well, to, to say that signing with Napalm wasn't like out of nowhere and (laughs) we, 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 we did not expect it. I mean, it's funny because before Valhalla came out, or not before Valhalla came out, but while we were writing Blood and Iron, let me backtrack. Before we wrote Blood and Iron, Mm -hmm. and we were out of our contract with our last record label, we were talking about Napalm. I said, maybe they would be interested in looking at our back catalog and seeing if they, no, the guys, no, they're not going to, they're not going to want to do that. So anyway, two weeks after our album dropped, Valhalla, um, they contacted us on email and I was like, when we saw it, I was like, who in the hell is somebody's playing a prank on us or something, but no, it was, it was them and they were interested in releasing our next album. So it's just funny the way things turn out because I I had mentioned Napalm in the past and everybody else kind of shot me down. Like, wow, well, they're way, they're way beyond our reach. <laughs> And even even some managers was told us, you know, now now they're they're kind of beyond your reach. <laughs> so when they contacted us and we didn't have to really do anything to to get it, you know, to get their attention. It, well, I mean, I guess we got their attention with our first two albums, but it's mm-hmm. just kind of funny the way things turn out. But it's 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 nice. Um, it's nice to have a record label of that size backing you and. um I think what they have to offer that maybe we didn't have in our first two albums was maybe just, maybe just the, the listeners or um, the fans. I mean, they have like almost 2 million subscribers on their YouTube channel. So, right. You know, everything we put on their YouTube channel, a lot of people see, I think they, you know, they have tour support and they have um, their own, booking agency which is napalm events who we go through now 
and I think they just have a, a bigger outreach and and that's and that's what we're trying to do is just reach more people as many as we can and they've yeah, been I, great so far awesome yeah I, I think the cool thing about them too is they're like an old school label that has a lot of different artists where if you look at the roster there aren't a lot of bands that sound alike where you look yeah. at some other label rosters and they all fit a genre and that's it. And you're like, yeah. well, back in the day when you were listening to, you know, you rattled off a bunch of different bands that you listened to over the years. Uh, a lot of the same bands that I've listened to. And you look at, you know, some of those labels back then and they strive to have that. Oh, well we have a Metallica, but we also have this other band that sounds nothing like Metallica. We also have, you know, there's, there's a bunch of different things going on when, Pantera was on Atlantic. They also had ACDC. They also, had, you know, there are different things to kind of help not only bring more fans to um, to their label, but also it kind of helps, I think, kind of spread the wealth between all the acts because if you're subscribed to them, well, they find out about, you know, Wolftooth when they're finding out, you know, maybe they... I don't know. They came here for an altar bridge video or whatever, but they yeah. just so happen to see the wolf tooth video next. And they're like, wow, what's this? And let me check yeah. this out. So I think, yeah, gonna- I think, yeah, I think you're, you're right on about that. I mean, you know, they basically started out as, as a black metal label and right. then just started from there. And I think their diversity has helped them grow a lot. Yeah. And I think it, and like you said, I think it's helped the bands that are on their label grow a lot because, you know, like you said, somebody come and see an Alter Bridge video and then they see Wolf Tooth. They're like, oh, that's kind of cool. I like that. It's yeah. different from Alter Bridge, but I like it. And then they they go to Ginger and they're like, oh, well, that's that's cool. I, I've not heard that. And that, that's cool, too. And so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of actually a lot of bands that I've discovered just just since we got signed to Napalm because I wasn't I wasn't familiar with all of their bands i was familiar with some of them mm-hmm. but there's a lot of bands on there that i didn't i didn't know that they even had <laughs> right so yeah and it's it's kind of weird that um so yeah i mean i've i've discovered a lot of bands just just from being on their label and checking out all their videos and and all the bands that are on their on their website and yeah they've got a big big diversity big diversity and that also makes it cool too. You're saying that they have their own booking agency. If they mm-hmm. set you up on a tour, you know, you could go out with two or three other bands where, you know, the the fans are gonna intermingle with one another. And it's kind of the same thing where, you know, hey, I came for this other band, but I ended up seeing Wolf Tooth and now I want to go out and get, you know, what they've yeah. released. Yeah, definitely. I, and there's a lot of bands on their label that I think we would fit well with um, just because we do have the diversity in our in our music. I I mean, there's some, of course, that we may not some of the death metal, some of the black metal, things like that. Yeah, we're not we're not going to probably fit too well with them. But there's a ton of bands on there that we would. I mean, because we're right on we're almost right on the teetering mark of power metal, I would almost say. And right. so, you know, and and we could we could probably tip over that way some. But, you know, I don't know. I just think there's a lot of a lot of bands on their label that we that we would fit really well with. Yeah. Um, one thing that I've noticed with a lot of the bands that I've 
interviewed, especially in the last few months, because of the pandemic, it seemed like they were able to spend more time on their music and on how their albums have turned out sonically to where a lot of bands have put forward probably their best album or arguably their best album as a result. Do you feel that Blood and Iron has been able to push the envelope sonically where it's at a level sonically beyond what you guys have done in the past? And do you feel that maybe being able to spend more time on these songs, it it kind of takes you guys to another level? Uh, yeah, I definitely think that our, our first album was great. I mean, I love every song on it. It's just always going to be our first album. You know, it's going to kind of be our baby because that was the first thing we wrote together and, and it was received so well. Mm-hmm. Um, Valhalla. It, I mean, honestly, because of the pandemic, it kind of got the shaft, <laughs> you yeah. know, because we didn't get a chance to go out and tour for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the show we played two weeks ago was the first time we ever got to play those songs out live. And they were received really, really well. And mm-hmm. I think that if we would have had the chance to actually tour for that album, who knows what would have happened. Um, so in, in my eyes, it kind of got the shaft. It's to me, Valhalla is a great album. I mean, it's I mean, I don't want to pat myself on the back or anything like that. But but to me, it's it's a good album. And it. I mean, to me, it's better than the first. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's just my opinion. And to me, Blood and Iron is better than Valhalla. It, it's just, I always try to write things better. And the other guys always try to write things better and write their parts better. And yeah, I think sonically, I think musically, vocally, everything on, on Blood and Iron is better. Everything. So, okay. yeah, I mean, and I don't know where the next one goes, but hopefully it will be better. Yeah. And uh, what you mentioned has happened to a lot of people that I've interviewed. They put out an album in 2020 or right, you know, right at one point in 2019 where things with the pandemic started happening. And those albums kind of not that they got forgotten or anything, but they didn't get the proper promotion that they should have because yeah. people were able to play. And, it, and, that, and that's what I meant about the shaft. Not, we, yeah. we believe me, the record label did great for the, for what they were given. The mm-hmm. record label did great. I mean, and we sold, we sold a lot of, a lot of albums off that record very quickly. And, but what I mean, and we, and we did do, we did do press on it and we did do things like that. But I, I think the press would have been a lot more if we would have been able to tour for it. Um, I think the album would have done better overall. But with that being said, I do have to say, I think Valhalla is what got assigned to Na- to Napalm. So right. it, it worked out, you know. How difficult is it now to pick a set list thinking, you know what, I really want to play these songs off of Valhalla, but I also need to get these songs from Blood and Iron in as well. Well, right now it's not too hard because Blood and Iron hasn't dropped yet. It, it'll drop December 3rd. Right. So the show we played two weeks ago, we played two songs off of off of Blood and Iron, and those were the two singles that were already released. Um, so most of the set that we played two two weeks ago consisted of Valhalla, and I think there was let's see one, two, 
three, there was four songs off of the first album. Okay. So we kind of mixed the we kind of mixed the the debut album and Valhalla together, and then we ended up playing two songs off of Broken Sword. Now, when our when Broken Sword come or I'm sorry, when Blood and Iron comes out, most of the set will probably be Blood and Iron songs. Um, okay. And we'll we'll throw some we'll throw some songs in there from Valhalla and and the debut, but I don't know how many, depending on how long we get to play, I guess. Right. Okay. Um, are there plans for a tour? There's several people that have asked about it in the chat. Do you have anything that, without giving too much away, I mean, I know that some people are still working on tours and aren't able to discuss tours fully, but is that, have there been talks for you guys to go out? Yes. Um, we actually talked today to our booking agent about possibly getting something in March of next year okay. uh, in the United States. So we are tentatively and we are, um, we are going to announce a tour at the end. I think at the end of this month, um, right before our album comes out and all I can tell you is that it's in Europe. Okay. And that's Very really cool. all I can tell you. And so it'll, it'll be sometime in 2022 and it is in Europe and it's, it's a month long tour. Okay, cool. Um, is the, is there anything between now and that potential tour where you guys are going to be doing dates around your home base? As of right now, we don't have anything scheduled. That doesn't mean that we won't, we probably will. After the album drops, we probably will do an album release show, um, and it'll it will either probably be in our hometown, or possibly Indianapolis, or possibly somewhere else, or maybe we'll do multiple album release shows. We we usually always like to have one in our hometown. Um, okay. That way, people get a chance to come and and buy records from because a lot of our fans, they especially ones around here, they like to buy directly from us. Mm -hmm. um and support us when we're when we are playing so yeah we're we're i would say we're definitely going to have some kind of album release show or shows here in the ne in the near future okay and since you brought it up it was one of my other questions when the album drops on december 3rd uh, that also happens to be Bandcamp friday it's the last one for the year uh <laughs> where do <laughs> where do you want people to pick the uh the album up is Bandcamp a good place it, should they go to your website what do you guys prefer well yeah Bandcamp Bandcamp is the main place to buy okay. if they want to buy from us um so it's wolftooth.bandcamp.com but yeah if if they want to buy directly from us they can go there or they can go to napalmrecords.com and they can buy it from them. Um, I would assume most of the European fans would would go to the Napalm web website, so they don't have to pay shipping for from the U.S. But so yeah, either one of those places would be great. Um, we really want to push the album for Napalm and for ourselves. We want it to sell good, and hopefully, it will. Cool. Um, as far as um, merch and stuff like that. You guys, I mean, the, the cover of the album is amazing. Um, yeah. 
the merch is going to be available through Napalm and Bandcamp as well, or if anyone wants to pick that stuff up, where should, yeah. same place. I will mention the album cover was done by Kelvin Doran from Ireland, okay. and man, he he is amazing. He we gave him the idea of the album cover, and and we never really gave him anything more than that and that's what he came back with and we loved it i mean we're just like man this is over the top but he's he's he is on fire right now i mean he is doing stuff for mastodon he just did something for mastodon i mean he's that dude is on fire right now so if anybody wants to get some artwork done hit up uh serpent tusk studios uh kelvin doran he he's amazing so but yeah um as far as the t-shirts go or the merchandise napalm will have um they already have t-shirts on their website. You can pre-order them right now. You can pre-order the album right now through Napalm. Um, so napalmrecords.com, you can get the album cover t-shirt. You can get a bundle pack of a, um, they had one bundle pack that had a um, slip mat and a patch. I think the album and maybe the CD. And then they had another one, I think with a t-shirt and an album. And so they've got a lot of different um, packages that you can buy. Yeah. Yeah. That stuff tends to sell out real quickly with them too, which is, which yeah. is, well, we had one limited edition and it's already sold out. So if you're wanting some kind of limited edition package from them, I would definitely go over to napalmrecords.com and, and, and get it because they won't last very long. Yeah. I, tr- I tried to, uh, order was the, well, the ginger I was too late on. I tried to order the infected rain, which came out last week, which was kind of a, a really cool white and blue marble type look yeah. to it. That was gone in like a day and a half. So yeah. I mean, you, you really have to move on that stuff. Yeah, the one the one that they had that sold out already. It was just a gold, all gold, and then it had a slip mat patch and a few other things. The one that I think they have some left is a black and gold marble, and it's really cool looking. So, and then the rest are just black. Awesome. Um, real quickly, if you guys had a chance to go out and tour with any band past or present, you could tour with any band that's still around and any band that no longer exists. We can resurrect the dead even for this question. (laughs) What, uh, what two bands would you select? Oh man. Any band. Oh man, I don't know because that we would probably be selfish and want to pick bands that that we really like <laughs> instead of bands that we might fit well with. But I would say Black Sabbath and maybe possibly Led Zeppelin or Iron Maiden. Okay, that's that would be a home run in any direction you would go with any one of those three. Yeah, I mean it's just it is what it is. I mean. Judas Priest would be in there. I mean, those are probably the top four bands that that I personally would pick. If they said, you can tour with this band tomorrow, it'd be really hard to choose. <laughs> but those would, be, those would be the four bands that I would throw in the hat and say, let's, let's do that. <laughs> yeah, it, it isn't as if any of those bands suck. So you would have... <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> it'd actually be kind of intimidating <laughs> playing in front of them and be like, I do not want to go up there tonight. <laughs> That's interesting. You brought up the sword before. I got yeah. to interview Kyle from the sword years ago. Yeah. And we talked a bit about them going out with Metallica for the Death Magnetic tour. And Amazing. yeah, just 
hearing him talk about that and then hearing that they kind of had an open door with the band where they could tour with them as long as they wanted. And it just got to a point where they said, we couldn't keep up. You know, it was just plane after plane after bus after this. And they said they were just so worn out physically and mentally that after I forget how much time they said, you know, we love playing with you guys, but we just we need a break. <laughs> Man, give us that chance. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you know, right now you said what band would you tour with? I mean, Metallica is a given. I mean, if you get the chance to tour with Metallica, you're not going to turn it down. I don't I don't care what the situation is. But isn't, isn't it funny how Metallica are in their 50s and 60s? Mm-hmm. Are any of them 60 yet? I don't think any of them are 60 yet, right? I think I think they're probably late 50s for the most yeah. part. But but them doing it as long as they've done it, their bodies have just s- somehow gotten used to it. And I mean, those guys could probably do 300 dates a year and they, they'd still be fine. Right. You know, and so it's just, yeah, it's funny because the, you know, the guys in the sword obviously are much younger than Metallica. So you see these older <laughs> guys out there just ripping it up every single night. And I'm sure that was probably intimidating to those guys thinking, man, how do they do it? How do they do right. it? Cause it would be, I mean, that's, that's a once in a lifetime opportunity. And that's, I'm so, I mean, God, I, I'm happy for him, <laughs> you know? Right. I mean, when I heard they were on tour with them, I was elated. I was like, God, man, what a chance. What, you know, what a chance. Could you yeah. imagine just, could you imagine that? I couldn't imagine that. I could not imagine getting an email or anything and saying Metallica wants you to go on tour with them. I'd probably die of a heart attack. <laughs> well, I mean, that opens so much doors up, you know, oh. for, for one that's, that's on tour with them because that's instantly, you know, you're opening up to, to how many people a night, you know, it's, Oh my gosh. I, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine just the merch sales alone of, of being on a tour like that, you know, and I I don't know what they got paid, but, but I would think that merch sales would have been pretty good during that tour. And um, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it would be very intimidating, I'm sure. And especially you know, I mean, Metallica is going to spank your ass every night. So, <laughs> you know, it's, um, it, it's, I don't know. I, I'm glad they got the opportunity, but I don't know. I mean, it's, it was a great opportunity for them and I think they took advantage of it. Um, right. I, I expect something really big from the sword and whatever they do next. I think it, I, I think it's going to be big. Yeah. I, I, th- I think it's interesting how they've, and this is funny because this kind of ties into, I wrote up about the new chemist album today. Some of the yeah. reviews that I saw, I thought were kind of unfair because, you know, this whole notion of, Oh, well, you know, they've lost their pure doom roots from their first album. And, you know, they're, they're throwing in thrash and they're doing it. They're doing, there's some like even kind of death metal type vocals on some of the songs and stuff. Yeah weird that they're being criticized for evolving with the sorted kind of the same thing. Like some of their last few albums where they added acoustic guitars or they added keyboards and stuff like that. And my first train of thought, or the first thing that comes to mind is the person writing about it has never picked up an instrument to realize that you want to evolve somehow. You don't want to continue to play the same thing 
over and over again. You want to kind of push the envelope a little just for your own sanity, you know? You're exactly right. And <clears throat> the funny thing is, and I, I haven't heard the new Chemist album yet, but our drummer has, and he he said it's really good. I mean, did you did you like it? I liked it. Yeah, I, I thought yeah. It, I thought it was cool. Yeah. Okay, so you know, there's there, there's going to be people that I will be the first to tell you right now that there are people that do not want bands to evolve. Um, right. We we have had, I mean, just we've had fans that were diehard fans at every every show we played. I mean, they commented on everything we posted. They they were like super fans on our first album. And then Valhalla came out and we kind of went a little bit more rock. Mm -hmm. And they were like ghost, man. They were ghost out. And which is okay. If they don't if if they don't like it, that's okay. I mean, it's just weird though, the way that some fans are like so behind you, and then you just change just that little bit. And then they're like, I don't want to, I'm not following them anymore because they're not playing exactly what I want them to play. Right. You know, I mean, what great band has ever put out the same album twice? Right. Not very many that I know of. Right. So that's, yeah. you know, that's why we, we've evolved and I'm sure we'll get people to say the same thing about us on this, on blood and iron, because it's not exactly the same as our first and second album. It's a little mm -hmm. bit different. We added, we added some traditional heavy metal. We added some thrash. We added some things that, that we wanted in the music it, it does it's not always about what the fan wants i mean you have to be happy with what you're playing or else sure. why do it why do it i mean we could play death metal we could we've done it we've played death metal in the past we've played new uh new age metal in the past i mean we've done we've done a lot of different things but this what we're playing right now is what we want to play mm -hmm. so for chemists do what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. If you enjoy it, you love it, do it. And that goes for any other band, The Sword. If they if they love their last two albums and they want to keep playing that, do it. Keep playing it because it makes you happy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, I think The Sword evolved really well. I mean, yeah, is their newer stuff not maybe not as heavy as their older stuff? Maybe. Maybe it, maybe it is as heavy in a different way. Mm -hmm. You know, so. But I, but I really expect, for some reason, something inside me just tells me the next Sword album is going to be amazing, and I don't, I don't know why I feel that way. I just do. You'll be saying I told you so in a little bit, I guess. <laughs> Maybe I don't, I don't know, I, I don't know. I just for the, for some reason, I just feel like if they put another album out, which I think they probably will, that it's, it's going to be amazing, and I don't know why I, I think that. I just something deep down inside me just tells me that they, I mean, those guys are great musicians. They're great songwriters and pretty much everything they've done has been really good. Yeah, I agree. Um, back and forth in the chat, people have been asking about your bass player's hair. What are they referring to? His hair? About cutting um, his hair or something. Well, he used to have short hair. Now he's got longer hair. Okay, maybe and I'm missing something there. Maybe it's a little <laughs> wild. I don't know. <laughs> um, Somebody okay. said he looked like Adrian Smith in that Broken Sword video. <laughs> Somebody commented and said, man, I thought that was Adrian Smith on the bass. 
because he's got the headband maybe as well. Who yeah, knows? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> cool. Um, where should people go to follow you guys? Well, we have a Twitter or we have a um, Instagram wolf tooth Instagram. I don't know what it is that Jeff takes care of that. And then we have a YouTube channel, but mainly, mainly Facebook is where most people, um, will find us Facebook wolf tooth, Facebook. Somebody just posted, I hate doing interviews. You're doing a great job. <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of funny. It popped up on my screen as soon as you asked that question. So I don't mind doing interviews cause I like to talk sometimes. Well, that's cool. I mean, this is, this has been fun. Um, and, and I mean, I try to just have regular conversations with people and I think that comes over well and people enjoy it as opposed to just the same, you know, out of box questions that they get asked a million times. So, yeah, I mean, you can ask me anything as long as it's not too personal, (laughs) (laughs) but no, I mean, it's, it's fun. I mean, I, I don't know how many, I've done quite a few interviews this week and it's always fun. I mean, I have a good time doing it. Awesome. Um, any questions left in the chat that you want to ask of Chris before we let him go? You've got about four minutes here before we uh, we let the, the good man go. Don't end it yet, okay? <laughs> um, ask, me, ask me anything. I don't care what it is. Oh, well, Doug is copying in all the social media stuff, I see. And actually, uh, Johnny did earlier, Wolftooth at Wolftooth Metal. And then, uh, yeah, okay, so Instagram is at Wolftooth Metal. Cool. Did Johnny tell you that? Uh, It's it's posted up here on the side. Okay. Yeah, I guess I should know all our social handles better than what I do. I write riffs, man. I don't write, I don't do social stuff. Uh, George Smith is asking, do you listen to Buckethead? I've been hooked on him for years. Hmm. To be honest, not really. Um, I mean, I know, he, I know who Buckethead is. I'm not an idiot, but, but as far as listening to his music, not really. I know he's an amazing guitar player, probably one of the best guitar players ever. Um, but no, and, you know, that's funny that he asked that because I was listening the other day and I was thinking of questions that some people might ask me mm-hmm. or even some, some questions that maybe people that I might ask somebody. And one of the questions was of modern guitar players and metal, who do you think, who do you think is one of the better soloists mm-hmm. out there? And I tell you, man, I could listen to Brent Hines play solos all day. Through Mastodon. I don't know what it is about his tone and especially on Emperor of Sand. His tone and and just the solos on that record is they're just they're top notch, man. And I don't know what it is about his playing that just it just hits my hits my soul, man. I don't know what it is about it, but I, I would say he's one of the one of the better ones out there right now. Yeah, I, I think maybe that also ties into a lot of the early influences that you mentioned. You know, you're yeah. right. He and Lizzie, Kiss, Black Sabbath, stuff like that. I mean, I remember when Crack the Sky came out, when everyone went ape shit because they said, oh, they've gone soft. You know, we want Leviathan part two. And they said, well, yeah. 
you know, these are our influences. As we get older, we're going to sound a little bit more like them just yeah. because it's what we listen to. So what do you, what do you think of Hush and Grimm? I, you know, it was the first time I listened to it. I thought the first few songs were great. And then the middle section, I got kind of lost, but I thought that the back end of the album was really strong again. But as yeah. I've listened to it, it's kind of grown on me more and more. They're, they're definitely one of the bands that, I mean, for me, I, I have the, um, um, the album before Crack the Sky, the one that has um, Josh uh, Hami on it. I forget the name of it. Where Colony of the Birchman is on it. Um, yeah, I, I'm yeah. bad about album names. So for me, Crack the Sky is really the album that kind of got me for them because it was a yeah. lot more in the vein of what you know was what it I Leviathan? Leviathan's the very first one. That's the one with okay. the whale. This one has oh. like uh the deer on it, the the double oh, yeah. Um I can't remember the name. I'm yeah. terrible about I'm terrible about names, but but yeah, I I, th I thought Hush I listened to Hush and Grimm twice now, and I the second time I definitely liked it better right. than the first time. So it is, I think it is one of those albums that the more you listen to it, the more it grows on you. Because there's a lot of things that they do that the first time you just don't pick up on. Right. Especially in, in the guitar and, I mean, bass playing, drumming. I mean, Ron Taylor Ron Taylor's just, he's just amazing all the way Ridic around. He can, yeah. he can sing, he can play drums. He's, he, he's, I think him singing in the band has really widened their spectrum big time. Right. Yeah, and and I also Troy I think has improved a lot with his singing. Like there's Definitely. a lot, a lot more of a melodic approach to his singing now as opposed to what it was before. So I think you're right. I think the combination of having three distinct singers, being able to weave all the intricacies with the guitars and the the drums and the bass, where it's it's not the same old same old. It seems like every mm -hmm. time they try to do something a little different. Still yeah. within the wheelhouse, but it's still pushing outwards and doing something different. Yeah. Well, and I think that's what's got them where they're at. They don't they don't stay the same every single album. And I right. true 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 musicians, I say, I guess, they respect that. And and that's I think what draws them in. People that are gonna criticize bands that that the change are, are people may, mainly most of them aren't musicians right? and they just want to hear the same thing over and over again. And if that's true, then just listen to the same album over and over again. Right. <laughs> right. Don't ask for Leviathan or master of puppets too. just listen to Leviathan and master of puppets because yeah. there's never going to be anything that's going to capture. That's going to do the same thing for you because the emotional connection any big album for anyone, it has a lot to do with the place and time where they were when they first heard that album. Yeah. Uh, you know, it goes beyond the music. And you can still, uh, this is something I don't get because, for example, this doesn't happen with food. I never hear anybody say, well, the steak I had today sucks because it doesn't taste like the first steak I tried when I was seven years old. You know, no yeah. one says, you know, you can surely go to a place and they'll serve steak better than another place, but it doesn't mean right. that you won't and you won't still enjoy it. So 
when a band puts out a new album, for example, when Blood and Iron comes out, if you're hooked on just a self-titled album, it doesn't mean that you can't enjoy this album. Your favorite album doesn't need to be replaced, but it doesn't yeah. mean that you still can't enjoy what you guys are doing. And do you re- do you really want it to be replaced? You know, that's the thing is, is like you said, Master Puppets. I mean, do you really want another album to replace Master Puppets? I mean, where does that where does that leave your favorite album then? You know, you you've got to. And like you said, you're it depends on where you're at in the in the time of your life and, and and things like that. But I don't know. I mean, I don't want to write another album that is the same as our debut. Right. Because, you know, it's got a special place. It's got a special place for for different people, for me, for everybody. So I don't want to replace that album with something that's the same, you know. Right. Uh, and just like our next album, it's not going to be the same exactly as Blood and Iron. There's going to be different elements to it. There may be more guitar parts. There may be less. It may be simpler. It may be more complicated. I don't know. It just depends on what we feel like writing at the time. Right. Makes sense. Uh, last question here, Liam Sullivan. I don't know if there's any relation, but, uh, he's asking what's one of your favorite songs you've written. Um, wow. Probably. I, I really like Scylla and Charybdis from Valhalla. That's probably one of my favorite songs that I've ever written. Um, Crying of the Wolves is definitely up there, and that's off of Valhalla. Um, so, yeah, I would say maybe either one of those might be might be the top two that I – they're just – I don't know. There's something about those two songs that I really like. Um, Sil and Charybdis is probably – Probably the probably the number one that I would say as far as writing it. And he's my son, by the way. <laughs> oh, he is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, awesome that he's uh, decided to spend Friday with us and throw some questions. And he was commenting quite a bit along the way as well. So. Well, hopefully cool. he wasn't calling me an idiot or something. No, no, nothing like that. I, I didn't see anything uh, egregious like that anywhere. Yeah. It, was, it was more towards my questioning that I saw a few comments, but it is what it is. Okay. <laughs> no problem at all. Well, I want to thank you for spending this time with us. Uh, I was listening to um, Natalie sent me the album yesterday. I listened to it quite a bit yesterday. Um, it is an easy listen because before I knew it, the album started up over again, which is always a good thing. It's not one of these things where it's like, ah, oh, all right, I've had enough of this. It it kept playing over and over again and I enjoyed it with every listen. So um I wish uh, you let me ask you, did you have did you have a chance or did one song stick out to you more than the other in the listens that you and the some of the viewers may not know what the song is, so it really doesn't matter. But but it'd be nice for me to know. I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. But uh, Hellespawn. Yeah, that's one of my favorite. Yeah, the um, um, there's a melody that you do in that song 
in several spots. I don't know if it's considered a chorus or what, but the first time that I heard it, it was instantly a holy shit moment for me. And it was one of these things where um, every time that the song, every time the song came on, I took notice, you know, it was something that really took me. So. Okay. That's, that's good. I, that's good to know. I, I really do like that song. It's, and you did pronounce it right. So yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> awesome. I fumbled through plenty of black metal and, uh, and death metal names earlier today. So, uh, it's awesome to at least know that I said that right. <laughs> I try to, I try to name them at least to where most people can pronounce them. So <laughs> sometimes it's a little hard, but, but yeah, that's a, that's a pretty easy one to, to pronounce. Very cool. Well, awesome. I hope everyone checks the album out when it does come out. You mentioned for everyone to go to Bandcamp or, or Napalm and pick up your merch and, and your vinyl. Any uh, any parting words? Just want to thank everybody for all the support that they've ever given us over the past going on five years. Um, we really, really just thank you so much for for the support. Um, go out and buy Blood and Iron on December 3rd. If not before then, you can pre-order them already now. Um, but if not, go out December 3rd and, and pick it up, and we hope you like it. And thank you for having me on the show. Awesome. My pleasure to have you on. Um, thanks for, again, spending an hour plus here with us, and uh, would love to have you back on in the future. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. All right. Awesome. Thank you very much, Chris. All right. Thanks. All right. Awesome, guys. That was my interview with Chris Sullivan from the band Wolf Tooth. I want to thank everyone who is in the chat, uh, the diehards that are in here week after week. Brad, uh, I saw Jose in there. I saw Jeremy from uh, Manchester in the UK in there as well. A few other people. want to thank everyone that came in just to uh, check out Chris and Wolf Tooth. Obviously, most of you guys are diehards for the band as well. Uh, thanks for checking the interview out. This will be available in podcast format next week. So if you want to listen to this back, uh, you can. It'll be up on MarsAttacksRadio.com. You can find more information about that, about the uh, podcast version then. Uh, it'll also be available on the video format or the video version will be available on YouTube, Twitch, and a bunch of other platforms. Uh, just go again, marsattacksradio.com. There's a subscribe tab at the top of the button and, um, and you'll be able to uh, find all the different places where you can watch the playback or listen to the playback of the interview where you can subscribe to the show. Um, Nicholas, yeah, it's up on YouTube right now. If you search for signals from Mars and search, um, a wolf tooth, it is going out live on, on YouTube right now. It's on my YouTube. So, uh, Jeremy Knight, thank you. Um, yeah. Uh, thanks for thanks for listening and thanks for the uh, kind words there. It's awesome that they will be touring as well. Jeremy Weltman, I think he clarified that it isn't available on Spotify yet because it does come out December 3rd. Uh, so we do have, what, two more weeks until it does drop. 
uh, we'll see. I got to check out the Napalm site for that. See what's uh, see what's left. If not, our friends EMP <laughs> may have it. But uh, it's it's a really solid album. Uh, this is going to make me listen back to the first two albums and and really check them out as well. Uh, Brad from YargMetal.com mentioned that uh, he's going to check them out and hopefully include some of their music on his station. So there you go. Uh, if you guys, again, I saw that a bunch of you guys were here. Thanks to the interview or thanks to Chris coming on for the interview. If you do want to come back and check out what I do here, this show goes on every Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. in the UK. And for those of you that are in Europe, like myself, it is midnight Friday going into Saturday. It's usually between an hour to 90 minutes long, unless I'm speaking to someone like Return to Earth a few weeks back where we pushed uh, the, the two-hour mark. But um, yeah, so um, you can follow me on social media to find out who I'll be interviewing next. There may be a, a midweek interview, another napalm artist i'm waiting to hear back from the label about that and that would be on on wednesday i believe around um 12 30 ish eastern standard time but um just uh follow follow my social medias go to marsattacksradio.com you'll find links to the twitter the instagram and all that great stuff um tuesdays i do trivia tuesday on twitch where it's a quick half hour show, 15 minutes worth of questions, 10 questions. Uh, the quicker you answer the correct question, more points you get. If you answer wrong, you lose points. So you got to figure out whether it's worth your while to answer the questions or not. The winner of this week's episode will receive a $5 discount from my merch store. And, um, Beyond that, we have, again, the Signals from Mars live stream here. And we do have the Fireside show, which I did before this. That's exclusively on the Fireside platform. Trying to build an audience there as well. Uh, have started doing like a recap of new releases and hard rock and metal news to go along with it. And that starts up an hour before this show. So that's um, uh, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, 11 no, 10 p.m. <laughs> in in the UK. Uh, you can also, if you're not part of the Fireside platform, you can watch on YouTube or on uh, Twitch as well. And uh, let's see here. I see that some of you guys are firing in some comments here now. Um, All right, so Jose's giving me props there. If you like metal, this is the show to listen to. Thank you, sir. Brad, thank you for the props as well. Paula there on YouTube as well. Brad, Trivia Tuesday, I will be there to get my ass kicked. Who knows? <laughs> there may be a week where uh, you do good. Um, December. December, they're, they're going to be themed trivia shows. So there's going to be a trivia show probably on Kiss. There's probably going to be another one for Sabbath, maybe Maiden. And we'll see because we're only going to be doing three weeks in, uh, in December. 
But uh, I'll, I'll I'll leave that up to the patrons. Uh, I'll see what you guys would like to uh, would like to see take place. Also, um, what else? We have the Scorpions discussion coming next week. And to be a part of that, I mean, obviously you can hang out in the chat and comment like you are today. Uh, but if you want to actually get on screen and talk Scorpions with some of my patrons, go to patreon.com forward slash Mars Attacks podcast. For as little as two bucks a month, you can become a patron and you can uh, be be part of the band discussions that we do every two months. You get the album of the week unboxing. You get um, uh, the exclusive Victor M. Ruiz podcast, where today I discussed uh, the new Kiss reissue, discussed uh, this interview coming together and a few other things. And um, uh, what else? Oh, yeah. Launched the new merch store. Uh, if you're subscribed to the newsletter, I. I'm sending out uh, promo codes for the merch store with different discounts. And uh, you can find that there. That's at the bottom of the MarsAttacksRadio.com website. Let's see, before we wrap things up here, a bunch of comments coming in quickly here from from people. Uh, Let's see. Robin Lynn Richardson. It's funny. I went to school with a Robin Lynn. What was her name? Her last name? Robin Lynn Gustin. There you go. And she spelt it with a uh, with a Y as well. I actually dated her in eighth grade, seventh grade for like a week. <laughs> um, Brad Blue Oyster Cult Week. Maybe. We, we can see. George, who was very vocal. Mimi Metal Shop and then Malmsteen loud screaming guitar sounds like a chainsaw. Um, actually, Brad told a Inve Malmsteen story before, but loudest scream I could probably give you right now is there. You go, Jose. The trivia questions are multiple choice. You can answer. On a phone, tablet, or computer screen, just by clicking the correct answer. So, um, Brad, thank you, and uh, good luck unboxing whatever you're going to be unboxing. Uh, thanks, everyone, for spending your time here tonight. As I always say, you could choose to watch or listen to a million other things. And I greatly appreciate that you guys decided to uh, spend time with me today and check this interview out, hang out in the chat. And yes, Malmsteen was in Steeler with Ron Keel and Ron Keel was technically in Black Sabbath for a week. (laughs) Um, But anyway, thank you, George, for being so active tonight. I appreciate your presence here. Hopefully you come back in the future, but uh, anyway, on that note, thanks you guys for watching, for listening. If you're listening or watching to the replay, we will see you next time right here on the signals from Mars 
live stream brought to you by the Mars Attacks podcast and VMRIT web design. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Mars Attacks podcast. This concludes our show. 